this is Kevin Brooker. We are cruising through retirement. You know, roughly 10,000 baby boomers are retiring every day. And everybody's story is different, but there are some things that do apply to all of us. So stick around. We've got some great ideas that can help ease that transition. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. This is Kevin Brooker. We are Cruising Through Retirement. You know, roughly 10,000 baby boomers are retiring every day, and everybody's story is different, but there are some things that do apply to all of us. So stick around. We've got some great ideas that can help ease that transition. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is a fiduciary. He's independent and investment advisor representative. Silverleaf Financial, of course, is where you find him. 30-plus years in the business, silverleaffinancial.com. There's a place you can start as well. And, uh, you know, you, <laughs> you talk about that, the baby boomers, 10,000 a day retiring Kevin, you have got your work cut out for you. <laughs> oh, there, there, there's a lot of us out there. I am, I am one of them. I, I am them. too. That's a, you know, no question. <laughs> but I mean that. But that's a staggering number, and I know that, that there's no end in sight. There's not. There's not. And you, and you know what? The uh, you guys might know the the you know my, me and my brother. I'm the youngest of six. Okay. And uh, I was born in '64. My brother, my oldest brother, was born in '46, and those are the bookends of that baby boom generation, right? Yeah. So, so you got an 18 year span, uh, for, for, for us that are, that are, uh, you know, we're all getting older every day, right? Yes. Um, well it is, uh, there's a ton of people I've been hearing this my entire career because there's so much there, obviously there's a lot of business, a lot of marketing, a lot of, you know, for financial services, it's a huge wave of people coming into retirement. I've been hearing these numbers for, for probably 20 years, probably my entire career actually. Uh, about this massive wave of baby boomers that are, that are retiring, uh, because you know a, a lot of folks that that that's you know that's the time a lot of them reach out for help and and I'm going to suggest guys that um, if possible to do it sooner, uh, definitely within the last ten years or five years before you're ready to retire, uh, because then we can sit down we can take a look and see how things are lined up and it gives us time to make adjustments. You know if you come in sooner, uh, we can we can make adjustments to your plan. We can look at where you're at if you're on track. Uh, and if there's anything that looks like it, maybe you need to make, pay more focus to one area versus the another, uh, you know, when you're younger, obviously you've got more time to make those adjustments and you'll see larger impact, right? Because of the amount of time that you have, uh, you know, it could be increasing a contribution or changing an allocation, any number of things. Uh, but I think you'd be well served to sit down with somebody, uh, and to have a conversation, even if you don't in fully engage them, I would still suggest to sit down and talk to them. To, uh, to at least get an idea of, of where things lay and maybe get a second opinion. Well, um, you know, yeah, you'd think that, the, you know, you've got to line out the door at this point, right? Oh, there's, yeah. I mean, in theory, that's, <laughs> there's, a, there's so many things that are going on. And, and again, people are just, look, I mean, and right now, I mean, we've talked about this. I mean, COVID certainly has um, sort of uh, motivated people to retire sooner rather than later. And that's, you talk about adjustments, that's what you've got to do. No question about it. No question about it. And, and if you've done that work ahead of time, right, if we sit down, we do the analysis, then you'll know, right? Or at least you'll have a really, a very good idea. Are you ready? You know, can you handle retirement? Can you handle the, unex it's really about handling the unexpected expenses that come up, right? 
if, if everything stays, stays exactly how it is and if we had the ability to foresee everything, this exercise would, would be kind of moot. Uh, but the fact is we don't know how much inflation we're going to see. We don't know what bills are going to come. We don't know if we're going to need long-term care. You don't know. You know we, we just don't know a lot of these things that can have a massive impact on our retirement. So, And there's no question with COVID, a lot of people did make the decision to retire sooner. Uh, a lot of people made the decision to claim Social Security sooner than they might have. And, and, and that is one of the big, what I'm going to call a big universal decision that you know, everybody's going to have to make, or at least anybody that's contributed the, the required amount into Social Security, right? Uh, and once, once you, if you've been a working person most of your life, then, then chances are you're qualified. Uh, you should go into the Social Security website. You know, I believe, what, what is it? SSA.gov? Yes. Um, you know, so go into that site. Make sure you're going into the Social Security website. You'll see the symbols and the logos and everything. And you want to set up your own account if you haven't already done so. And, and guys, one important thing that I want to tell everybody is, you know, I've been looking at this for a long time. Uh, I've had an account with, with, you know, on that website for a long time. And, and you can see your earnings record. You can see it's got, every, it's got your entire record going back to, you know, I started working when I, I think I was 14, you know, going all the way back there to when I made like 500 bucks for the year. You know, so, exactly. Those, but those records are there. And the reason why you want to look at it is because they make mistakes right? Newsflash. They can make mistakes. Government employees make mistakes sometimes. What? And, you know, I know it's, it's, it's hard to believe, but it happened with me. I went in there and, and um, for the year of, I believe it was 2017, it showed zero. I, I should, actually for zero, I mean, zero, nothing. Wow. <laughs> and, had a bad and year. Let me tell you, <laughs> and let me tell you, it was not that bad of a year. Um, <laughs> you know, so uh, and, and by the way, after the IRS find out about that, then I got letters from the IRS saying, hey, wait a minute, what's going on here? You told us you contributed. And so it leads to a big mess, guys. It leads to a big mess. Then that, So I had to start. First, of course, I dealt with Social Security. I got it straightened out. And the ironic thing was that probably within a week of me having it straightened out with the Social Security office, you know, you just you have to send them the records. They're going to tell you what you have to send them, payroll reports and, and all these other things. They'll tell you the documents you have to send them. And within about a week after I had it resolved and I got the social security confirmation, I went back on the website and I reconfirmed my, for myself that they did have the proper income and numbers in there for, you know, for me and my wife. Uh, it was like a week later, I get a letter from the IRS saying, Hey, wait a minute. We got contacted by a social security department and they said, blah, blah, blah. And so, oh, goodness. so then you right, had so to prove like, to the IRS that you actually worked and you actually paid the taxes. That's right. That's right. I had to wow. send them documentation. I had to send them documentation from the Social Security Department, right? Social Security Administration, and, and prove that to that to the IRS. And and so my point is, uh, you some of you might know that a lot of times when these things happen, you need to take care of it right away. You're much better off taking care of it right away because if you let it go, okay, if you let it go. Their chances are it could turn out like the case did with me, where now, you know, now the IRS is coming after you saying, hey, wait a minute, these, these guys told us something's wrong, but you told us everything was, you know, a different way. And so it turns out, it turns into a paperwork nightmare, an administrative mess, um, you know, that you just don't want to go down that road if you can avoid it. So my advice would be to take a look at, set up the account, take a look at your record, make sure your earnings record is accurate, because if it's not accurate, like for instance, the case where they leave out a year or they, or they put in a smaller amount, that's going to lower the amount of money you get from the government for your, so when you start claiming your Social Security. That's going to impact your check, and it's going to be lower than it should be. And obviously, none of us want that. No, so, of course not. You know, so it's really important to check it and to check it on a regular basis. Okay, 
um, to stay on top of it. And, uh, and, and that way you can avoid any issues. But the other part of Social Security that we've talked about before, uh, you know, a lot of folks like we talked about COVID and how some people said, you know what, I'm 62, I can collect, I'm just going to go ahead and retire, start it early, start my Social Security early, um, which may be just fine. It all depends on your individual situation. Um, but for me, it's rare that I would ever recommend somebody do that because, you know, a full retirement age for most of us is somewhere between 66 and 67 now. And your full retirement age means that's the point essentially at which they don't cut your check. All right. So if you claim prior to your full retirement age, you're locking yourself into a lower check from Social Security for the rest of your life. And now some people like when I suggest somebody wait till full retirement age or or maybe even wait until 70, you know, the tip the typical reaction is a person leans back in their chair they cross their arms, they roll their eyes, they look at their partner and say, what, what is wrong with this guy? What am I hearing <laughs> over here? And, and so I've, I've yet to meet somebody and I say, you know what? It might be a good idea to wait till 70. They say, I, th- I love that idea. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> nobody. Nobody ever says that. Nobody says okay. that. Well, I'll tell you, but the, to me, the, 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 the proof is in the math. I mean, just look at that report that you get from it, Social Security, SSA.gov. I mean, the yeah. difference between 62 and 70, just from a number standpoint, is astronomical. It's it's a big difference, right? I think it's about a double. Um, yeah. You know, the amount of your the amount of your check. You know, I believe that's about where it is. Um, you know, and and so the thing to remember, especially if you're uh, uh, if you're married, especially if you're the the person that had the higher income. All right. If you if the person with the higher income dies first, right, then their spouse, their surviving spouse. Is gonna is going to wind up getting their check now. Now the surviving spouse does not get both checks. They're going to get stepped up and they'll receive the larger of the two. All right. But what it means, if the person that had the higher income claimed early, okay, then that means that you're passing on and you're leaving your wife or your husband. You're leaving them a smaller check for life as well. The survivor is also going to get a smaller check. Where conversely, if you waited, if you did wait until you're seventy. Um, and you got that maximum check and there's absolutely no benefit to wait past 70. Okay. Don't please nobody wait past the age of 70. Um, cause it won't do you any good at all. Um, but if you do wait until you get that maximum benefit age 70, and then that person passes away, now they're leaving their surviving spouse with, with the maximum check they could have received. And to me, that's part of my plan. Um, and, and that is my plan to wait until 70 personally. And, and I will stru- I'll have other structured forms of income and assets to live off of you know, prior to that point. But my, my thinking is that there's, there's nothing else right now on the planet that I'm aware of that'll pay you anywhere near an 8% guarantee. But the Social Security Administration, our government, continues to, to increase that check almost 8% a year for every year you wait after full retirement age. Sure. And there is a cost of living adjustment as well every year. And, and boy, this year looks to be uh, pretty hefty. I mean, it's not out officially yet, but I, I just read something it's, where it's thought about 6%, something like that. Yeah, you know, I've seen a lot of reports like that. Yeah, that's a good catch, Steve. And I think, uh, yeah, you know, obviously we have seen a lot of inflation. I'm glad that they're talking about, you know, that the recipients are going to get a bigger increase. Because let's face it, everybody's paying higher prices for almost, I think, pretty much everything. Everything, uh, yeah. You, you know, I mean, I know our grocery store bills are bigger. Um, I, I know travel expenses are are cons- up considerably for rental rental car expenses we talked about before. Yeah, you know expenses are are way up. And the other thing to remember, I think the average Social Security check is between fifteen and sixteen hundred dollars a month. So it's it's not a big check. You know the maximum now is almost four grand. 
but very, very few people um, receive that amount. You know, you would have to max out your benefit you know, pretty much every year, as far as I know, to get that, uh, which some people will do, um, you know, but most most folks, they, they don't get that much. And so if you can add, you know what, if we can add a 6% raise on it, that'd be almost an extra 100 bucks a month. So I, I, I think that would be money. I think that's money well needed and uh, it'd be good for the economy. Yeah. So I, I hope I hope it is a nice a nice increase. You know, one other note, guys, you do get the cost of living adjustment, that COLA adjustment. And if you did wait a little longer to start that check, you're still getting that COLA adjustment, right? But you're getting it on a bigger lump sum, a bigger piece of money. So, so the difference over time, when you add in the COLA, the cost of living adjustments, is going to be significant. You know, in other words, the difference between claiming early and claiming late is 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 a huge, huge difference. Right. One that will make a difference in your retirement. I mean, it's, you know, you can't rely on Social Security for everything. But boy, I, you know, I think a lot of folks end up using Social Security just for the basics. And what they've saved yeah. becomes the rest of their retirement. No question. And, and you know, the way that I'm the way that I'm looking at it and, and I, my goal, who knows, who knows if we'll be able to get it. Um, but you know, my goal, is, well, one thing I've talked about before, if, if possible, I think everybody should be debt free, you know, long before retirement, actually. Uh, I, 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 I never like it when I see people that have a, have a mortgage that still have a mortgage in their sixties. I mean, or older, I, I personally just don't think they should, I don't think that's a good idea at all. Um, you know, you're just making the bankers rich, you know, that's what you're doing, um, it, by paying interest. I think it's, I think it's a mistake personally. Um, to, to have that mortgage. Now, some people will make the argument that, hey, you can make more money in the stock market, but you know what? You could lose it too. So uh, personally, I, I, I like the idea of being mortgage-free and debt-free well before retirement. There's a lot of advisors that will suggest that you be debt-free by the time you're 50. Um, and that includes having the mortgage paid off. And, and so I think, there, I think it's a mistake. And, and, and these you know, the mortgage brokers that sell a 30-year mortgage to a guy that's 75, I think it should be illegal. Oh, that's, just, um, that's just wrong. You know, it just shouldn't, I just don't think it should be happening, but it does. And now if you're in that situation that you got to do what you got to do, right? And yes, I understand that. Um, but ideally, if you're able to retire with zero debt, then I think you're in a good position that at least the majority of your expenses should be covered by Social Security. Because if your home is paid for, right, then really what we're talking about is living expenses, insurance, utilities, things like that, right? And, and I'm talking about having cars paid off. Everything is paid for, right? And, and so if you're in that position, you're in a golden spot. Um, and then your other sources of income, your other assets can be used for discretionary things like, you know, golfing or fishing or whatever else it is you like to do, spending time with the grandkids, maybe. Sure. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717, or just text SILVER to 21000. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. 
Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current client. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717, or text SILVER to 21000. That's SILVER to 21000. Do it today. great case for starting this thing at least 10 years before you retire and you know as you get there but 10 years is enough time isn't it kevin i think i think it is in most cases okay. yeah in most I cases mean, if you've been is. saving and you and you get to be 50 and it, it, okay let's get let's put this thing together yes it, it it is it is let's face it a lot of time you know a lot of folks when they're younger you know you're focused on getting started with your career uh, you're, you're putting in a lot of when you're younger, you're probably the one that's putting in the overtime because, you know, typically the younger ones are the ones we work the hardest. Right. Yeah. Um, at least in a lot of cases. And and so you focus on your career. Then you get into, you know, having a family and raising your kids. And, and, and so, you know, life happens. Right. And and so the best thing you could be doing when you're younger is make sure you're taking advantage of any 401k or retirement plans that you have available to you. Um, and, and at the same time, take advantage of those meetings. You know, there's going to be Whoever's doing your 401k, they're going to be sending folks to your to your place of employment, right? That you can sit down with. They'll help you choose your investments, uh, things like that. You want to take advantage of that, um, and and they should be able to point you in the right direction while you're working with your employer plan. And and as long if you're doing that, you're you're maximum you're contributing as much as you can. You're getting the employer match. Uh, then you should be well on track. And then once you hit 50 or in your 50s you know, let's sit down and talk and we'll come up with a, with a plan to make sure you've got everything you need when you're retired. And, and, and I think it's important that you do that. As I said, even if you don't engage the person you're sitting with, you will still get some information and get some more education. And again, that's, that's kind of what it's all about, folks. If you want to get uh, get get started, have that conversation, 800-975-6717. Also, visit the website, silverleaffinancial.com. That's a great way to get started as well. Because as you know, as you start to do that, like you said, I mean, you that first that first conversation, there's no cost, there's no obligation, but you do give folks some really good information. Yeah, that, that's right. That, I certainly I certainly try to, and, and I think usually we I succeed in that. And that's one thing, you know, the other thing I want to mention to everybody is that I don't, I don't charge for phone calls and I don't charge for the, for those meetings when we sit down. Um, the one thing that I do ask everybody, I call it a gentleman's agreement. And I say, you know what, if we talk about some strategies and I give you some ideas and you decide to pursue those ideas that you pursue them through me, that's my only request. Obviously somebody could take whatever we talk about and go someplace else. Um, I hope it does. I don't think it happens very often, I don't think so. um, but you know, but that's that's what I suggest, and I think operating that way it makes a lot of sense to most people. Uh, most people think that's very fair and reasonable, and um, uh, and I and I hope everybody does. But I think you should take advantage of it. Sit down, let's talk. There's no harm done. There's no commitment. There's no requirement. You know, um, but you can get an idea. Maybe get some ideas you hadn't thought about before, and and it might make make you uh, take. May, perhaps you'll take a different approach than you would have. Yeah. Uh, but but at least then you'll you'll feel you'll know you're on track. But I think working with, the, you know, someone like you, Kevin, one, you've got a lot of experience, you're fiduciary, you're independent. Those three things combined to me make, you know, make for a really good advisor. And and because you've seen so much, you've done so much and you're always looking out for us. I mean, you've got our back. It's it's uh, I, I appreciate that, Stephen. That's that's the name of the game. That's the name of the game. You know, you know what? My philosophy is that if, if I take good care of my clients, 
it's going to come, then it's going to come back to me. I'll, I'll be rewarded. I, I don't need to be charging you for a phone call or charging you for an initial meeting or two. Right. Um, it, it's, it's just not necessary. I know that I, I can do my job well. And when I do my job well, I'll be rewarded. And, and, and that's the name of the game is taking care of everybody, making everybody comfortable, understanding what, what everybody's trying to accomplish. You know, everybody that I work with has a custom, you know, it's an individually managed portfolio because uh, everybody's thoughts and ideas are a little bit different. Folks have different, you know, risk tolerance, timeframes, things like that. Um, you, you know, so everything is put together on a custom basis. And, and really what I'm looking for is, is a relationship that we can build on over time because I can do a much better job for my clients when I know them really well. Okay. And, and any advisor should be, should be just like that. So I would encourage everybody, you know, whether it's with me or anybody else to find an advisor that you're comfortable with, you hit it off with, you see eye to eye and, and you're comfortable working with them over an extended period of time, because that is going to result in, in my view, that is going to give you a far better result because the better they know you, the better they should be able to take care of you. Right. Well, that makes sense. And again, there's a certain comfort level that goes with that. And like you said, once you get to know them, I mean, it's a, it's a relationship and it's, it becomes, it is. you know, it's, it's more than just, you know, you're an advisor, I'm a client. There's a, there's a relationship and there's a, it, a, a common, a commonality of, of you both want the same things basically. There, there is. And when you, when you know each other, it just makes things so much easier, you know, because after you've worked with, with folks for a while, my clients that have worked with me, I've got a lot of clients that have been with me more than 10 years, a lot of them more than 15, some more than 20. And, and they know that when I suggest something, it's not for any other reason other than I think it really is going to benefit them. It's in their best interest to pursue it. And, and, it, and, and it makes doing things so much easier because they're past the point in which they question me and they question whether, you know, gee, is this guy doing it just so he can make a buck or is he really trying to help me out? That inevitably happens when you're starting off with somebody. We're all, we're all trying to size up each other and figure out, you know, who we can trust. And, and obviously there's some bad players out there in pretty much every field. Um, and this one's no exception. So, so you want to make sure you check them out. And, and on the fiduciary note, I am a fiduciary. I take that very seriously. Uh, I've got on my front page of my website, there's, there's dialogue specifically about being a fiduciary. Um, and everybody should know. I think it's important that you know if the person you're working with is functioning at that level, because that is the highest standard of care that we have, the very highest. Um, but the problem is half the industry does not subscribe to it. Okay. And the largest brokerage firms in the country, the ones that have the most brokers, the ones that have the, the ones that have the most locations on every corner. All right. Those are the ones that don't want to be you know, don't want to have the responsibility to function as a fiduciary. All right. And they don't, and they won't. And they're the ones that hire the lobbyists to fight it. Okay. So it's important you guys realize that maybe ask yourself why. All right. In my opinion is because the, the bosses at those companies know what brings more liability. All right. Cause it's a higher standard of care. And, and I think it's important that you know the distinction um, and the differences. And I'm happy to go over that with anybody that would like to talk about it. Sure. 800-975-6717. Uh, 800-975-6717. Or again, I encourage you to visit the website, silverleaffinancial.com. You can you can reach out to Kevin there as well, right? I yes, mean, but I mean, you just definitely. Send you an email, right? It basically drop you a line. Yeah, you, you know what? There's all kinds of links on my website, hey, about setting up a meeting. If you And, and it doesn't have to be a face-to-face -face meeting either, by sure. the way, guys. Sure. You know, I'm happy to start off. Typically, I tell folks, let's just have a 10-minute phone call. You know, let's just talk on the phone for a few minutes, see what you think. I'll answer some, you know, some of your initial questions. 
Uh, we can always set up a meeting. We can always meet face to face. But I, I tried to do it in a way I want it to be as stress free. I, I don't want people to feel pressure uh, or intimidation or have any worries about really about anything. All right. I tell folks this is I'm not looking to sell you something. That's not what this is about. You don't have to bring your checkbook. OK, I just want I just want to sit down. We get to know each other. And then we determine, hey, does this make sense to take it to the next step? Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Um, you know, so there are definitely ways you can do that uh, through the website. Uh, we keep a lot of podcasts. A lot of our past shows are up there. Right. So you can go back and listen to another show if you want to. And, and I think it's a great way to find out what I'm all about, you know, what, what I think about these things. And I think that's a good way to help to help you figure out does it, whether we're going to be a good fit or not. So right. that's that's really the reason why I do the shows, um, you know, and there's a lot of new information. We try to update it every week. Uh, so there is a lot of information on retirement accounts as well as other investments and things like that. Well, and then you can also learn about your book. Uh, Kevin's an author, for those of you who don't know, uh, The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. That's a hot yes. topic, and that seems to be getting hotter every day. And that, that book is a great way to sort of begin that process, too. It, you know what it is? I, re- I appreciate that, Stephen. And, and yeah, I just, I just co-authored this book recently. It's on the website. Um, I'm, I'm happy to send you an electronic copy for free. You all just email it to you. Um, you know, it, it's, there's a lot of information in there, guys. You know, there are some ways uh, that, that you can take existing assets. This is about existing assets, money that you already have, and maybe you've got it in a taxable account. I can show you how we can possibly move that money and put it in a position that you can use it for long-term care if you need it. And then if you need it, it'll be on a tax-free basis. So how about we eliminate Uncle Sam, from, you know, kick Uncle Sam out of this equation that, you know, you don't have to spend taxed taxable dollars on, uh, on long-term care. If you do it properly, that's something we talk about in the book. And that's something I'm happy to help everybody with. Uh, long-term care can be very expensive. My father was in it for a few years. Um, and he passed away four years ago. And when he was in a facility, he was actually the very first guy that I should say the very first resident, uh, of a brand new uh, facility in Illinois. And it, and it was beautiful. It was a nice place. Um, you know, so he got to pick out his corner room. He got the biggest, you know, the biggest room in the place. Uh, you know, but he started off at, at just under four grand a month uh, with basic independent living. Then when you go up to assisted living, that kicks you up to around six, seven thousand a month. And then when you go up to full blown what they call memory care, which is the combination locks on the doors and where most of the Alzheimer's folks are, um, they, you could easily be looking at eight to ten thousand a month for that right now. Uh, so it is a very pricey, you know, situation. Um, and I would tell everybody that one of the biggest indicators, one of the biggest things I look for is look at your family history. Okay, if you have a history of Alzheimer's in your family, or if you have a large prevalence of stroke in your family, uh, I would strongly encourage you to look into this because those are two of the situations that lead to uh, the highest percent, the highest likelihood that somebody's going to need long-term care. And and if it's a if it's a memory issue uh, or an issue with your you know um, with your mind, for lack of a better way of saying this, those are the situations that possibly could be many many years in a facility. All right. I mean, think about if somebody has a stroke and they lose cognitive function, think about if they're 65 or 70, they could have 20 years that they might have to stay in a facility like that. So, so it's, it's not something most of us like to talk about, but it's important that we're ready, right? It's important you're prepared in case it does happen. So please feel free to reach out, give me a call, shoot me an email. And I'm happy to talk to you about it more. And if you'd like a copy of the book, we can send you that too. I like the sound of that, Kevin. And uh, so again, uh, let's talk uh, pure growth. How, it was a, it hey. was a up, pretty up week on the market, all things considered. 
Yeah, you know, you, you know what? It, it wasn't up week in the market, and I'm and I'm gonna do a little confession. I pulled a little bit of money out, and I'm sitting on, you know, probably about a third cash, and so I didn't have as good a week. You know, pure growth didn't have as good a week as as, as the overall markets did, because I, I had a sense we were gonna see a bit of a correction here, and I and I pulled a little bit to the side, and and so that's one of the problems. See, when you when you try to outsmart the market, sometimes the market outsmarts you, and and that happens a lot of times, and it's. Uh, and this is a situation where I still think, by the way, we're overdue for a little bit of a pullback, um, you know, but but the you know, the market is, you know, been hanging out by the punch bowl, I guess. Well, yeah, and, and, I mean, there's been a couple of know, records set this week. We have. I think we've set I think we've set already like three records this week. Yeah. So so to me, the market looks a little top heavy. You know, um, I, I wouldn't be rushing to add more money to the market right now. Uh, you, you know, if you're, if you're on a regular investment plan, then stick with it. I'm not saying to change that, you know, so if you put money in mark in the market every month or every couple of weeks, please keep doing that. I'm not suggesting to stop. What I'm saying is if you, if you get a lump sum, you know, that came in from something and you're thinking about adding it to the market, maybe put in a third of it right now or a quarter of it right now, leave the rest on the side, keep some dry powder, right? What we like to say, keep some dry powder, because if you don't have any dry powder, you can't take advantage of the market when it does correct. You got to have some money in your pocket in order to do that, right? Yeah. And and so so what I like to suggest is is don't 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 think that you or anybody else knows because none of us know you know what's going to happen day to day. And and so I so sometimes sometimes I feel like when somebody takes a large lump sum, I'm saying I don't are, are they I I don't know if they're super confident that they know what's going to happen, but to me. Uh, you're better off doing it piece by piece. So I like to put in a quarter or a third, you know, give it a couple of weeks, see where things are at, and, and then maybe add more to that, maybe wait, who knows? But it gives you a little more flexibility to try to take advantage of price action that might get you a better price. Give me a give me a 10,000 foot view of what pure growth is and, and why you are doing that. Yes, certainly, certainly. Yeah. So so uh, to give you guys a little bit of background, um, pure growth is, is, uh, is, is a concentrated portfolio of growth stocks that I started managing about a year ago. I took it live. Uh, before I took it live, though, what I've done, I do a lot of research, right? I do a lot of research on uh, stock selection strategies and, and methods of selecting stocks. And what I like to do is copy the most successful people. I like to look at what Warren Buffett did. Uh, everybody seems to know Warren Buffett. You know, William O'Neill is somebody else I like to cite. He's the guy that started. He's the founder of Investors Business Daily Newspaper, very successful investor. And anybody that's read IBD, uh, Investors Business Daily, uh, you might know that they're they're uh, they use they have a lot of strategies and rules, if you will, about how to pick stocks. Um, and then Peter Lynch, that ran the Fidelity Magellan Fund, I want to say maybe in the '70s and the '80s, uh, his returns were phenomenal. Um, and all of these guys like to use what they call rules. They use rules to determine what to buy and when to sell. So it's it's not based on a water cooler conversation. It's not based on a hunch. It's not based on where their wife just went and spent a bunch of money shopping and say, you know, geez, maybe we should buy that store, buy that stock. Um, these are rules that have worked over time. So it could be based on revenue. It could be based on earnings. It could be based on any number of fundamentals that you can measure. It could be insider activity, stock buybacks, uh, or it could be technical in nature, which is looking at trading patterns and chart patterns of stocks where you look at, uh, you know, we call it tactical analysis to try to determine support levels, things like that. So we put all this together and it's just like a recipe, you know, like anybody that's, I've never baked a cake, but every, anybody that's baked a cake, right? You've got a recipe, right? You got a recipe of course. and you follow that recipe. And chances are, if you put in too much of one thing versus the other, 
it's going to wind up tasting kind of lousy, right? Well, yeah. And I'm going to say stock selection and portfolio building and portfolio construction is similar to that. You can't have too much exposure in one area or you might get a lousy result. So we want to look at the allocations, look at how you're doing things. Um, but before I drift away too far, what I did was uh, the research that I have that I use to select stocks. Uh, I've got research and data going back to 1980. And so 40 years of research that shows this strat these strategies would have returned 25% annual returns for the last 40 years. Okay. That's where I started with. And I said, okay, I'm taking this research and I'm going to take it live and I'm going to follow it to the letter. So I, I use these rules that, that we created that I basically copied from some very successful folks. I put them in, we run them through the computer where the computer filters and screens for companies that meet that criteria. And then it spits out a list, okay, of, of stocks that meet those criteria. And then I take it, I further refine it. I don't buy all of them because I get a lot of choices every day. Um, I go and I do additional research and I pick the ones that look the best to me. And so what I did, I started at July of last year. We started, it's, this is just between five and 10 stocks. It's concentrated portfolio. And I'm trying to demonstrate that I've got a successful method of choosing a stock. And it doesn't have to be you know, an, an all stock portfolio. The method is, what I'm trying to show is that it's a successful way to choose a stock. And using that method, we can add those to a portfolio where maybe it's just 10% of an account or 5% or whatever the number. It doesn't have to be the whole account is my point. Um, but I wanted to demonstrate it by making it a, a, a concentrated portfolio to demonstrate that it's successful. And in the first year, we had a 64% net return. Uh, that's net after fees. Um, was up, we we're up 64%. Uh, we have a 65% win ratio. Um, and so in other words, about one third of the time, the stocks that I've bought have been wrong. And, and, and this is a portfolio. I'm looking for gains anywhere in the next month to three months. Uh, so it's more short-term trading. It's not day trading. It's we, some people call it swing trading, which, you know, a month to three months. Um, and so what we're doing is when I'm wrong, I try to get out as fast as I can and keep those losses in single digits, maybe five, six, 7% loss. The winners are the where, are where you make your money, right? You put your money into something, you got a good winner, you got to let it grow. A mistake a lot of people make is selling the winners too soon. And, and so some of our best winners were uh, like Louisiana Pacific was one of them. Uh, Lakeland Industries was, was one of them. Uh, Turtle Beach was another one. The symbols here, H-E-A-R. Uh, we had 60% gains on all three of those. Wow. In fact, I think one of, I think one of them was close to 70 um, in just a couple of months. And so I think that it's demonstrated that it is. Uh, uh, and, and by the way, that was a good market, right? We were in a very good market. The indexes were all up between 35 and 40% in that same one-year window which is a fantastic market. You know, we did manage to beat it by over 20 percentage points though. So, so I'm going to say that, that uh, I feel like it's, it's proved my point, at least so far it's proved my point. Um, and the point being that it's a successful, uh, uh, it's a very effective way of choosing a stock for inclusion in your portfolio. Uh, I would also point out so far this year, I, as I mentioned earlier, I've had more cash and I've been holding more cash as of right now than perhaps I should have. And so we're underperforming. Um, in fact, we've got a little, we're down, we're down about five or 6% right now from that peak that we hit. So we're still sitting on about a 55%, 56% gain overall. Um, so we're still beating the market, but in this first three, four weeks, uh, we haven't been, we haven't been work. It hasn't been performing as strongly as it, as it was. All right. But again, but that's to be expected. And that's what you do. And 
this obviously isn't for everyone, but if it's no. you know, if it makes sense, you're going to get somebody involved in it if they want to. And I know you've got several clients that are doing this, and I know you're doing it with your own money. It's you know, I, I yes, I do. I do. in fact, every stock that I buy for my clients is I I buy it for myself too. And, you know, and, and I've got, I've got some clients that are doing just with a piece of their money. You know, they say, you know what, let's put this chunk of money into that. Let's just, you know, let's go for the home runs and see if, see what we can do. Sure. But that's only for a piece. That's only for a piece of the money. Right. Um, others will say, you know what, I want to keep 80, 85% of my portfolio conservative, but maybe take 10 or 15 or 20% of it and maybe, and use those to buy some good stocks. Um, you know, and, and so, and I'll tell you, they're not always the small ones. A lot of them are small cap or mid cap. Um, but it also has picked out a couple, for instance, Google, Google, I mentioned it on the show a few months ago when we picked up Google, I want, I don't have the date right in front of me. It was roughly two or three months ago. We've got about a 15 or 16% gain there so far. Um, you know, so it does, it does kick out some big names. AutoNation, AutoNation is one that, that I picked up earlier in the year for a client, uh, that we've got some tremendous gains on, on AutoNation. Uh, so there's a lot of them I can, and I can go over and I can tell you guys each and everything that we've picked when we bought it, when we sold it for anybody that might like, like that information. All right. I like the sound of it all. Silverleaffinancial.com is the website. I encourage you to check that out. If you'd like to call Kevin, he'd love to hear from you. 800-975-6717. Kevin, as always, I, I enjoy our conversations. I know we kind of walk down a, a path and, and you just kind of take us on a, on a journey and I really like where we go. <laughs> Hey, you know what, Steve? I, I really appreciate that, guys. I, I hope you found it interesting. Maybe, maybe heard something new. Um, you know, guys, I appreciate you listening. Anybody would like more information, certainly feel free to give me a call uh, at any point in time or shoot me a text or an email. I'll be happy to talk to you and, and answer any questions. Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment, security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions.